1: Chris Lee, WRAL-TV, and also one of the contributors, main contributors, hosts of the Panthers Playbook podcast, which uh, Dennis is also a big part of, and, and I'll be in the mix during the season as well. Uh, the next episode is being posted. Dennis, give me a date. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. That's that's look for about noon tomorrow, August 10th, uh, about noon tomorrow. The first uh, episode's already up. Uh, so you can find that uh, wherever podcasts are uh, are found, wherever you find your podcast. And also on our YouTube page, 99.9, the fan on uh, on YouTube, Panthers Playbook podcast. Uh, Chris, thank you for for joining us. You are obviously uh, down there for for joint practices between the the Panthers and Jets. Um, so we'll start with the obvious. Uh, who won the practice today, Panthers or Jets? <laughs>
2: um, you know what? I, I think uh, if you had to pick a winner, um, I would say that the Panthers won. All right. And the, reason, the reason why I say that, at the, at the very end, I didn't get a chance to watch the Panthers defense versus the Jets um, offense very much. But at the very end on one field where everybody could watch at the same time, there was a, a two-minute drill. And so Bryce Young had his turn, Aaron Rodgers had his turn. Uh, then Andy Dalton had his turn, and then uh, Zach Wilson had his turn. So two quarterbacks from each team had a turn to run the two-minute offense, and the only uh, quarterback to lead their team down to a score was Bryce Young. So we'll just go ahead and say the Panthers won 3-0. There you
1: go. Pan- Panthers win. I like it. They're <laughs> 1-0 on the season. Um, or Although I guess you could argue that defenses won that drill if, if three out of the four came up pointsless. Um, yes. Well, the, uh, let's get this one out, out of the way. Uh, how much did Bryce Young and Aaron Rodgers interact and, and, and what were the, cause I'm, I mean, just if you put those two guys on the field at the same time, I have to imagine the, the amount of, of camera lenses pointed at them could like, you know, power the Hubble space center.
2: So, yeah, it's uh so the practices were kind of held on two different fields. So they were separated most of the time before practice began and a little bit after they were able to kind of talk to each other. Um, And uh, during uh, Aaron Rodgers press conference, um, he was saying how, um, you know, him and Bryce Young have the same agent. So they've spoken before they've clearly been around each other, but uh, he uh, said that Carolina is in great hands. He loves the way uh, Bryce plays the game. Uh, He loves looking at him. He feels like he's legit one of the stars of the future. So, it was a pretty nice endorsement from um from Aaron Rodgers uh for Bryce Young.
1: We're talking with Chris Lee W R A L TV from uh Panthers Jets joint practices, also uh, a co-host of the Panthers Playbook podcast. Um Chris, the uh, the the narrative about Bryce Young after the the practice was interesting. I saw uh Robert Sala call him a point guard. Uh Frank Reich was talking about uh, kind of that same idea right distributing to the That's playmakers. Great. Ah, uh, Steph Curry. Which yeah. he kind of he kind of said Steph Curry, and then he didn't describe Steph Curry's game because that would be like, you know, <laughs> right. uh, launching from deep would be like. Are did it feel like? Uh, does it feel like Bryce is getting to cut it loose, or or is it really that kind of you know short passing game, high completion percentage? Because you know at Alabama he had some some opportunities to make some highlight real plays.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's making his plays. I think ultimately, like, one of the things I, I just noticed about him is that he doesn't do anything reckless, right? The only interception um, he threw today was simply uh, it was a, a ball that was kind of um, um, like a, a shorter pass, maybe 10-yard uh, out to DJ Chark. The, the DB, can't remember uh, which one, so forgive me, uh, just made a better play on the ball, tipped it, and the two wrestled for a ball and then the DB ended up getting away from it. So it really wasn't uh, on Bryce Young. but other than that like he's been playing with it himself. There's a few uh, plays where it would have been sacked so the, the Panthers uh, offensive line has some things kind of had some things to get together. Uh, but other times when he was under duress, he just did he made great decisions. He was able to get, get uh, uh, throw the ball away or scramble out. He did show uh, some of his, his scrambling ability. Um, to to try to uh, save himself and get to the next down, uh, so you know he's just looking good and he's looking comfortable. And the thing that I notice is uh, during a lot of those periods, uh, if the Jets defense started off tough against Bryce Young, Young ended up winning out at the end because he he seems to get better. And I hate I hate that I'm describing him like this because it's going to build up so much uh, <laughs> anticipation. Uh, for Panthers fans, and and they didn't see what I got a chance to see, so they're going to take this and say, oh my God, he's going to be so great in week one. I don't know about that, but I do know that what I've seen so far constantly is uh, he went against a different defense uh, than what he's used to. Started off a little rocky, ended up uh, turning out really good, and then in that last uh, period during the two-minute drill, he was the only quarterback of four to lead his team down to score. So, uh, he's somebody who doesn't let mistakes linger uh at all whatsoever he's able to continue to uh get better uh throughout the game uh,
1: i did see on on twitter that that you agreed you called it all facts when when uh uh it was referenced that that it's obvious that this year's panthers offense ain't last year's panthers offense uh based on <laughs> on what you're watching in camp so so well like what's the biggest difference what did you mean by that because if there is, the, like, you know, based on the description I just heard, you know, up and down at moments, um, but, but he's he's kind of finding his way through it. What did you mean by that?
2: Yeah, so it's just the sophisticated nature of their passing game, right? It's It feels like there's a real passing game with the Panthers uh, for a long time. It didn't feel that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Cam Newton was here. Uh, God bless him. Very beloved by Panthers fans, including myself. But, um, you know, you can't really – call his uh, game very sophisticated when it comes down to, to passing. And then, you know, uh, we don't necessarily have to relive the last three years under <laughs> Matt Rule. Uh, we, we know what happened through the quarterback carousel there. Uh, but seeing his offense, seeing it looks like a real NFL offense, it's a sophisticated passing game. There uh, are, you know, you see Bryce Young taking deep shots. You take, see him taking shots over the middle. And you see him taking, you know, checking the ball down to Hayden Hurst or to Mel Sanders. And it's just looking good. It looks like the Panthers have so many different ways that they can impact the game on offense versus being maybe a one tool offense. Um, You got to stop the run, and then maybe we'll get a deep shot to somebody, you know, at some point during the game. There's a lot that, um, a lot of stress that are going to put on some defenses, I believe, especially as they get their, their groove rolling throughout the system, uh,
1: season. Chris Lee, WRAL TV, joining us from joint practices, which, which took place this morning between the Panthers and jets on the Easter automotive group hotline. Uh, before we let you go, uh, how did Justin Houston look first practice in, with Carolina? He had the Jersey on, he was out there. Did he, did he do anything of note? Did you, did you notice anything about Houston?
2: So um, I only, uh, so the, the practices were, were spread apart. Mm, so I didn't get right, a chance right, to right. really watch uh, the defense as much because I, I wanted to pay attention to Bryce Young because I knew <laughs> TV and also for radio um, I was going to be asked a little bit more about Bryce. But um, but from what um, I've been reading and, and listen listen to uh, some of the uh, beat writers talk about the ones who paid attention to the Panthers' defense, sounded like um, they more than held their own over there as well. They looked um, like a top defense uh, against Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers even said he, he felt like. Rodgers felt like um his team wasn't was more so not in rhythm hmm. um but uh it didn't sound like he had a, a, an amazing day on the other side himself um and a lot of it had to do with the Panthers defense uh apparently Brian Burns was just kind of putting dudes in the spin cycle and just kind of causing havoc had a few would be uh sacks uh, and in, you know a few hurries uh as well so uh looks like the, the, the defense is shaping up. Justin Houston um specifically didn't get a chance to really watch him uh up close like that, but that's that's what I'm looking forward to on Saturday, uh during the preseason game. Hopefully he gets a, a few uh a few uh snaps in there so we can see what he looks like on the Panthers uh uh defensive line.
1: Chris, we appreciate you for the updates and then we'll keep uh following along for all, all the uh the camp and preseason updates that you uh, you get from this point forward. All right, man. See you soon. Once again, Chris Lee, WRAL TV, and be sure to check out the next episode of Panthers Playbook Podcast uh, coming out tomorrow. That'll feature Chris and our very own Dennis Cox, and, and uh, episode one's already out there now if you want to uh, go check that out also. Everywhere podcasts can be found, and our 99.9 The Fan pod or, uh, YouTube page, you can find it there as well. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on?
2: Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive.
1: We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text Tim to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700 for that deal. <laughs> Brian Burns. Yes. Joining our side of the, the media. Yeah, I mean, his, his main job is still terrorizing quarterbacks right that's oh, of course that's the main job but if he needs a side gig he could be a pool reporter of some kind uh because when bryce young was at the podium uh this happened with brian burns the reporter
2: you know how is it you know being on a team with a guy such as brian burns like let, let us know about that
3: yeah um you know i think that it's just great when you you know when you have a a locker room and a, and a group of guys that you know, we're, we're all, you know, we're all bought in and we all care and we all care about the team, you know, and, you know, we all just, we all get along so well, like it's a great concept and we're like one player, we're one player away from that of us just really being like, just a complete, we all love each other. It's just a great locker room. There's just that one guy that's just there and, huh? I, you know.
1: I, I, I actually... Maybe it was his intention there. Brian Burns was setting him up for the joke. Oh, yeah. And, and Bryce Young started answering that what seemed like in a real, genuine way. Uh huh. And I was like, oh, he can't turn that off, can he? He, he's, he is coach speaking an answer to Brian Burns asking, what's it like to play with it? Brian Burns? Uh huh. And then right at the end, you saw him start bringing around the joke. And I was like, all right, it was, it's just a dry delivery. He was just setting it up. He's just, he's just. It, a- it's
0: funny. It's, it was hard to tell in the background, but Brian Burns was like, hey, uh, uh, you're not actually answering my question. <laughs> uh, you're, you know. You're just talking about a locker room. You're talking about the locker room. But he's like, oh, yeah, we're just one guy. One guy. We just need one guy.
1: It, it, but that, like, that is the vibe of what the Panthers have right now. There yeah. is some kind of, like, high school-ish feeling where, where you get the feeling like they're all going to go play video games after practice. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, between two days, what are you doing? Ping pong tournament at Jeff's house. Like that just, that's kind of what it feels like. And they're all joking and laughing. And I mean, those have been the most fun teams I've played on are the ones where you genuinely want to hang out and joke around with everybody. So maybe that'll end up being a, being a good thing. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. What? All right. Next one here. Uh, I don't know if you guys brought this up yesterday, you and Graham,
0: but UNC and Kentucky are facing each other in the CBS Sports Classic. We actually, in, in men's basketball. We saw earlier in the week how UNC is going to be playing UConn up in mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden as part of the Jimmy V Classic. So we saw that earlier in the week. We also have the announcement now as well of UNC is going to be playing Kentucky. And I believe this is going to be down in Atlanta, I think, December yep. 20th. December 16th. Uh, 16th. My apologies on that. I got the dates a little bit mi- uh, mixed up there. I think it's awesome that they're playing Kentucky. This is great. This is two blue blood programs going at it. I wish it was actually on the campus of one of these schools. I, I don't I like. completely the, agree. I I don't like the fact that the only non-conference game, like of another Power Five, that UNC is going to play, whether either at the Dean Dome or yes at the Dean Dome or somewhere else, is going to be their ACC SEC challenge against Tennessee. That's the only one because they're going to be in the. uh, In the Bahamas for the battle for Atlantis They start off with Northern Iowa Then they're going to play either Texas Tech or Villanova Then they'll finish up with either Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan Or Stanford, depending on how things shake out But again, that's a neutral site Tennessee's a home game UConn in the Jimmy V Classic on the road Kentucky in the CBS Sports Classic um, Also away uh, down in Atlanta Then they play Oklahoma in the
1: Jumpman Invitational down in Charlotte I wish these games were on college campuses I, 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 I completely wish. agree. And and it goes along in a weird way. It goes along with all this conference realignment stuff yeah. in that everyone is just ignoring the part that makes college sports magical. Yeah. Right? Like, you want to be right in their arena. You want to be uh, having to walk through. I remember going to, to away games, and the bus would have to go through the opposing team's fans, and, yeah. and they'd be jeering you. And that that's part of it. Guess what? When you're in Vegas, when you're in the Bahamas, when you're in Madison Square Garden, like you're not driving like there's there's too many other people that aren't there for the game that are, are taking over.
0: I like the fact that UNC and Kansas are going to do the home at home yes. in basketball. I think that's awesome. But one thing I brought up earlier this week when I was sitting in for Adam Gold was we already put enough stress on fans to even just go to home games. Because Mm -hmm. ticket prices are higher, parking, and there's a time commitment with that as well, even just for home games. Now you're going to try and ask fans to go to New York or Mm -hmm. Atlanta, Chicago, Charlotte, Kansas City, you know, wherever it might be these games are taking place in these or the Bahamas. That's a lot to ask your fans to do on top of just home games as well. This is not exclusively UNC I'm talking about. I'm just speaking in general. Because we're seeing Duke play in like Chicago yep. and these other places, in, in Madison Square Garden, so it's not the only school that's doing it. It just puts a lot of a lot more stress on fans and financially to go do those kinds of things. I mean, how awesome would it be if if Kansas, uh, I'm sorry, if Kentucky played at the Dean Dome this year, and then the next year they're at the at Rupp Arena. That, I'm sorry, on TV that sells to me just as much as it being in, if not if not more than them being down in Atlanta.
1: And and I would rather have like go to one home game against Kentucky every other year or a Kentucky level non-game yeah, another opponent blue blood every other year then go to like MSG or the Bahamas every year you know yeah. what I mean it's it's like you get one every other year at home
0: I know it happened during covid but I remember, I remember when Michigan State came down to play mm-hmm. Duke at Cameron Indoor. or happened during covid and no one was there but I was like man that would have been pretty awesome if that was with a live crowd and, and TV but they still made the trip, mm-hmm.
1: and and just in the interest of not being a completely uh, Debbie Downer on this whole thing, mm-hmm. uh, it's still really cool. Carolina playing play UConn right. and Carolina playing Kentucky are going to be awesome. really fun games. Yes,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to this basketball season a lot. I know we got football coming yep. up, but I think this basketball season is going to be a,
1: a the, fun one. the The, the non conference schedules are living up to the hype, and and we uh, you know what I, I I there are tweaks I would make, mm-hmm. but I'm like. If you told me this was going to be it, I would sign up. You know what I mean? Oh, like for l- sure. Like if okay, I get UConn and, and Kentucky. All right, I, you can tell me where to play. I, I just think those are really fun non-conference games. Uh, let's quit that. Let's hit this. We got better tonight. Henry Ruggs, mm. the it's not coming to a close, but it, there's some closure to his situation involving the the DUI in which um, a young woman in, uh, lost her life, uh, sentenced to three to ten years in in prison. Uh this is one of those situations where it's sad. It's a shame in a, in a m- bunch of different directions. Um, Henry Ruggs obviously had the, the, you know, all the potential in the world made a very, very, very bad decision and the consequences of it were, have been, been serious and they should be. And, uh, and this is kind of where it comes to into to its logical conclusion. And now it's just about, you know, serving your time and trying to, uh, Come out on the other side. the The very interesting question that's going to be asked that I think we have the answer to is if he's sentenced to three to ten years. I don't know what the possibility of early parole or whatever are, um, but he's. I mean, he's still going to be in his twenties after three years. If if it's the low side of that, I do not expect the NFL to go calling, and I think that question is going to be asked. And I think it's it's one that you know the situation is yeah. probably bigger than that, mm-hmm. but. uh you know i don't think that's the most important part by any stretch um and Far i don't think it, it. and i don't think it's going to happen so just kind of move on from that and uh quit that let's hit this
0: we got better tonight so there was reports that kareem hunt was going to be a new orleans saint but i guess mm. he's not going to be a new orleans saint so it looks like he's actually on his way to indianapolis to work out with the colts i know jonathan taylor has his beef with jim Ursay, mm. and there's the whole situation i guess jonathan he's going to not there right now yeah he's going to rehab his ankle but not at the facility and I know they've had some other injuries and such and such uh have the have the Indianapolis Colts so why does this matter okay well week two of the NFL season the New Orleans Saints Monday Night Football are in Charlotte to take on the Carolina Panthers why does that matter okay well Kareem Hunt was likely to be signed because Alvin Kamara is gonna be is suspended for three games. So that
1: impacts the Carolina Panthers and, directly. And Eno Benjamin who was on the Saints popped his Achilles. So Oh uh, I did not know so that. So one one of their one of their backups also gone. I did not know that. Um which leaves them with Jamal Williams who everybody knows from having a million one yard touchdowns last year for the Detroit Lions. Yes. And uh and also their third round draft pick is it? Condre Miller mm-hmm. is also there. Uh so I'll 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 phrase it like this. Um Either the Saints know that their stable of running backs is not good enough for the first three games, and they were trying to bring in Kareem Hunt and had the rug pulled out from under them by the Colts, or they were kind of interested. And Yeah, I think we're probably pretty good with uh, Jamal Williams and, and Condre Miller, and, and we're, we'll be all right for the the Panthers game. I mean, if Kareem Hunt wants to come in here and play for the cheap, cheap, sure, uh, and then the Colts took him and they went fine. That's where the Panthers come into play, right? Because you'd love to play the Saints if they're not confident in their running backs. If it was the other one where they were just kind of maybe looking for a little insurance, then it doesn't change much. Um, but that week two matchup, obviously, without Alvin Kamara, their running backs won't be peak, and uh, and that's going to help the the Panthers out. Uh, quick funny, funny aspect to this, though. The report is out there that uh, Kareem Hunt was – at the Saints, getting ready to work out, kind of expected to if the workout went well, sign with the Saints. And uh, he got a call that the Colts were offering him or thinking of offering him more money. Jonathan Taylor has been one of the leaders of the running back revolution to go get as much money as you possibly can. We need the the run, running back position to be worth more. Yeah. The Colts just used that motivation to bring Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. to possibly make Jonathan Taylor more expendable with the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it's good. So point. it's like, oh, if these aren't the consequences of my own actions coming right back to me. Uh, by the way, Kareem Hunt's nowhere near as good as Jonathan Taylor. Don't uh no. don't put that thought into what I just said. Let's quit
0: that. Hit this. So all this conference realignment talk, Tim, mm-hmm. it's been happening for the last, I don't know. Gosh, it's dating back really two years ago, actually, when <laughs> this, Texas and Oklahoma were announced. Yeah. But, yes, this round of conference realignment. What about college basketball, Tim? This is something that we got to keep in mind when it comes to all this realignment and stuff. The focus has been
1: football. But last time I checked, college basketball drives a lot of revenue as well. That, that's the thing. It feels right now like there's, there's football and everything else. And to an extent, I get that logic but I not to disrespect the other sports college basketball is not water polo you know what I mean college basketball is no, not is not softball or baseball soccer it's it's not those sports right it's does make revenue I mean in mm-hmm. in certain conferences and the ACC makes a whole bunch of it oh yeah the NCAA tournament we're talking billions with a B. Like there's there's big money in basketball, so at the the in the interest of football, I want to make sure we don't just push basketball into the pile of others. It can be a three tiered system, right? It can be football tier one, basketball tier two, everything else tier seventeen. Uh, like that's the, that's kind of what I think it is. Uh, yesterday on the show, we had John Shire, the head coach of Duke basketball, and I asked him about making sure basketball doesn't fall into the background. College basketball, we have. Uh, an amazing product. I think there's been, uh, you know, with some of the change that can happen with uh, conference realignment or just the nature of the sport where there's a lot of uh, change in roster turnover. Uh, you know, look, in, in in March, we have an amazing thing with March Madness. We have to continue to figure out how to make that one of the best sporting events in the world, but also get more attention earlier in the season of college basketball. And of course, football is... Uh, a lot of this is built around that. Uh, but I can say with what, you know, the the brand that we have as far as Duke basketball goes and, you know, the, the history of the ACC, you can't tell me that doesn't mean something. You can't tell me that doesn't mean something. It does mean something. ACC basketball does matter. And I don't want that put into the miscellaneous category. Uh, let's quit that. And let's let the the person pushing the buttons, let's have uh let, let's hit this superstar turn. What? Dennis Cox. What? The star of Panthers Camp Confidential. Uh I'm is,
0: sorry, go on. Say that one more time for all the, the people in the back. There
1: you go. Dennis Cox, the star of <laughs> Panthers Camp Confidential. Uh so today I'm I'm watching Panthers Camp Confidential, which is a YouTube series, essentially the Panthers team produced version of their own hard knocks. Yeah. Um, and I'm doing other things, but I'm, I'm, you know, it's playing, right. I'm kind of a background noise person when I'm, when I'm at my desk and then I hear a a familiar voice and I'm like, who is that? And turns out they're playing clips of, uh, of Dennis Cox right here on 99.9. Yeah. I don't get
0: it. I don't get it, but I'm going to take it anyway. So, uh, if anyone that actually wants to, um, go and watch Panthers, you know, camp confidential, On YouTube, just go ahead and scrub to the 23 minute, 20 second mark. Uh, That's where you're really gonna get the most bang for your buck from really watching this video. So, the end, I made it at the end, Mm -hmm. which is fine. But I was actually kind (laughs) of surprised too, because you sent me the link. And I was like, uh, okay, uh, like, scroll to this part, and this is what you hear. It's Rogers Jets. There's hard knocks. One of the greatest QBs to play this game. It's going to be a fun battle. It's the first time the number one overall pick is going to be competing against yeah. somebody else. It's a great group that they're coming in and bringing. So around. anyway, I'm like, I
1: recognize that voice anyway.
0: They threw me in there. I was like, all right, I'll take royalty checks. What's that's fine. Send things my way. I'm cool.
1: There you go. So that's all. I mean, that's just another. And also, it's just another way to, to peek into Panthers training camp. So I watched it. If you watch it, you'll hear a you'll hear a familiar voice. Uh, let's quit that. Let's hit this.
0: You
2: done messed up, a. A. Ron.
1: Another day, no update with Tez Walker. Which Tez Walker? He had his uh, appeal, or um, not appeal? His waiver denied to mm-hmm. be immediately eligible as a two-time transfer for Carolina. He's expected to be a, a stud receiver for them. He was picked as all all uh, ACC in the preseason by the media. Uh, that was he's now not eligible as of the moment. North Carolina is appealing. Um, I say no update. We weren't expecting an update this quickly, but I say that just because that means Carolina, you know, their camp doesn't slow down because you're waiting on an appeal. Uh, the games don't get pushed back. They need to prepare someone else, which makes their camp just a little bit more uh, complicated, right? How many reps do you give Tez Walker with the starters when you're not sure if he's going to be eligible to play with the starters? How do you do that? Well, Mac Brown, that's up to you to decide. Yeah. Uh, a- Chip Lindsey, that's up for you to decide. I know you and I are on the
0: same page on this. He should be allowed to Let play. Let him play. He should be allowed to play. Let them all play. Because his first transfer was leaving a school that canceled football for the
1: season in NC Central. Yeah, the, the, He went to a school that essentially, a court, like for his situation, didn't have football. Yeah, Didn't offer it. They, they, they canceled it. So it's... I mean, and that's even... If the kid wants to transfer, the kid wants to transfer. You, yeah. the, you've let the Wild Wild West take place for two years. Now suddenly you're going to crack down. It doesn't seem fair to the player. Uh, so we'll just keep track of that and see if any updates come from the NCAA. Let's quit that. Let's hit this. Got him! The, this is an interesting season of preseason in the NFL. Like yeah. an interesting part of the calendar, I should say. Uh, it's the, the first official team depth charts are being released. Jonathan Mingo for the Panthers... Listed as a starter alongside Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. Jonathan Mingo, second-round pick. The Carolina Panthers' wide receivers, ready for this, everybody? They're a wide receiver group by committee. And that's fine. Take the hot hand. Jonathan Mingo is a starter? Great. DJ Chark is a starter? Great. Adam Thielen is a starter? Great. But guess what? That the the, the the schedule was released – or not the schedule. The depth chart was released yesterday. Jonathan Mingo a starter. And kind of you – know, the two that were most surprising names to not be starters, if Mingo was a starter, like the two most surprising that Mingo was over, were LaVisca Chennault and Terrace Marshall Jr. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of filed that away as interesting. Mingo's a starter. I mean – Chenault, we've talked about it. He's kind of more
0: of a gadget player, so he's not really a starter, receiver, yeah. nor running back, nor tight end, nor fullback. He's he, just an offensive player. Offensive weapon? Yes. Uh, a football player. He'll That's jog out position. a few
1: times with the starters, but a few times he won't because it's like, you know, what player are we calling with the first play? Is he out there? Um, so Terrace Marshall Jr., I guess, would be the more traditional, like, wow, I thought they would have put him above Mingo. Mike Kay of the Charlotte Observer tweeted this out about today's practice. Today, the one that took place today. So depth chart comes out yesterday. This tweet comes out about today's practice. Uh, Wide receiver Terrace Marshall is planting his flag as the guy, and he capitalized the T and the G, so it's like a capitalized the guy, like it's a title. Uh, Wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. is planting his flag as the guy of this practice. He's made a handful of impressive plays in 7-on-7 and 11-on-11 drills. Speed and size are evident today and really since the fourth practice of camp. I thought that was interesting, right? The one that wasn't named the starter is the guy at today's practice. And guess what? Here's the thing. If if it's, I don't know, week two against New Orleans, and it just happens to be a day where Terrace Marshall is the guy, get him 10 targets. Mm-hmm. The definition of hot hand, right? And then if week three he comes out and he's not getting open in the first quarter, put him on the bench. Right, rotate them in to only four wide receiver sets occasionally. Like that's how this wide receiver group has to to kind of uh, operate. Right, Chark, Thielen, Mingo, Marshall, Chenault—they are all going to play every game. How much they play and how many targets they get and how many plays they get called for them, and 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 how many of the the kind of guaranteed catches, right? The screens, the jet sweeps, the the the, the drawn up deep balls, whatever it is. That has to be decided on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. It has to. If Terrace Marshall Jr. is making the case to be the guy for for a game, and he's making catches and he's being effective, you got to do what you got to do. There's no one in that group that is good enough, established enough, highly paid enough, important enough to get the, no matter what, we're getting you 12 targets. Right. I, the way I, I described it off air earlier today is if in Buffalo, Stefan Diggs drops a pass in the first quarter and runs a, a bad route two plays later, get him 12 targets. Like it's sti- yeah. you just, you're still going to do it because he's Stefan Diggs. Mm-hmm. If, if Jonathan Mingo drops a pass and runs a bad route in the first quarter, it's cool. We'll get you next week. Right. Yeah. We're, we're going to have Chark. Uh, we're gonna have uh Thielen go for a little. We're gonna put Marshall in there. Like we it's, it's just not your day. You're right. You woke up today, you you when you were brushing your teeth, the the, the toothpaste spilled on your shirt, now you have a stain, right? The the uh, you were making you went down to pour your cereal, you didn't have milk. Like it's just a bad day for you. I, that is a bad day. It's just a bad day for you. Got in the car. You forgot that when you were driving home last night, the the empty light came on, and you were like, "Oh, I'll get it in the morning." But now you get in the car in the morning, you're running late, and you got to get gas. It's just a bad day. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. On the same t- side, when you have a good day, when Thielen wakes up and he's just like, "I guess who's feeling 22 again?" Like, good, right? Get get after it like you did at Minnesota State, Adam Thielen. run, run all those cross routes. This is a wide receiver group that is not super hierarchical. And I don't know if that's a, a word. It's not super tiered, It's more egalitarian, right? It's a, the, the wide receiver version of a running back by committee. The only, the only thing this requires that, that they're going to have to work on all of the wide receivers have to know all of the wide receiver position and routes, right? It doesn't, if you have like, you know, traditional, uh, X receiver, Z receiver, uh, WS receiver, right? Like if you have the slots and the traditional flankers, then it's like, well, all right, the the three with the hot hands are all X receivers, so we can only play one at a time. Or the three with the hot hands know all four positions so we can get them all out there. They need to do that. And that's important, right? And that that's not easy. And Mingo would be the one that's, you know, probably going to have the toughest time with that because he's a rookie. Uh, Bryce Young was asked after the the practice today about the schemes and concepts. These are the things that these wide receivers are going to have to know.
3: Obviously, we have some some great concepts from our offensive uh, staff, and you know it makes it so that we you know we really can read the, the concepts out, and you know we have a, a a plethora of guys who you know are you know can be number one guys or number one guys, and you know it changes like you said from from play to play, and you know because of that, I feel like it makes us more versatile. So I think it's an advantage, um, really. Again, for me to know the concept, try to. Dictate where my eyes go based off of coverage. And um, again, know that we and have confidence that we have multiple guys that, that can win. And, you know, it's, you know, again, it, we're, we have a bunch of guys that step up and we're confident in winning one on one matchups and getting open. And, you know, for me, you know, that's the hard part. So I just do my best to, you know, find them and give them the ball.
1: Multiple guys that can win. All right. If you win once, we'll throw it to you again. If you win twice, we'll throw it to you again. If you win three times, all right, it's your day. We're going to keep finding you. If you don't win first, all right, we'll give you another chance. If you don't win second, all right, we got other guys we're going to cycle through here. Maybe we'll come back to you. Wide receiver by committee. Bryce Young, get it to the right guy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things
2: running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you.